welcome to Church and Other Drugs. I am Jed. And I'm Jay. And we are two Christian recovered drug addicts talking about life, faith, and funny stories. Jay, we got a guest on tonight. We got an interview. Whoop whoop. Do you know who it is? I, d- I don't. Surprise me. Is you, it? You know. Who, yeah. Well, no, actually, I mean, you know who it is, but, but guess. But guess anyway. I, I just want to hear your guesses because I, I want to get an insight into your psyche as to who you want to interview. Is it uh, uh, Kanye West? Exclusive? I was going to say Kanye West. <laughs> uh, we, we have my my father, who is also a J name, uh, Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, where are you at right now? Where are you coming from? From beautiful Lexington, South Carolina. That just sounds ritzy. Lexington. Lexington. A suburb of Columbia. Yeah. Um, so my we wanted to have my dad on. He uh he's got a couple qualifications we think will be will be useful. He uh you're a deacon, is that right? Elder. Elder. What's the difference? In the Presbyterian Church, they have um, they the Baptists kind of blend the overseer and the deacon into one role called a deacon, but the Presbyterians and others, the deacons um, pretty much provide service to the church. The elders govern. Uh, they're called ruling elder, ruling elders or teaching elders. That sounds so official. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, we'll kind of stagger this into into two parts. We'll uh. We'll go into some theology questions for you on the second part. Uh, let's just go ahead and dive in head first. You became a Christian in college? No, in high school. In high school. 14. In high school. Age 14. Yeah. What was it like, basically, um, when your son, when, when you found out about my addiction when I became a drug addict? Me and Jay know what it was like through our eyes, um, so we thought it'd be interesting for people to hear what it's like on the other side, from the parents' well, point of view, and especially a, a Christian parent point of view, right? So, um, for you, it was it was a it was a double whammy because I was more I was more concerned with your older sister with your older with your sister who's older, um, kind of was watching her carefully, and because she, um, she was the quiet introvert, and, and we you know always kind of watched what she was doing. You were the extrovert, but very church activity oriented. So you were there all the time. You know, every time we went to church, you were there with us and happily so, unlike your sister. You were, you know, a big participant in all the youth activities. You went to the youth camps and, and all the youth trips. Um, whenever, if she had someone over, it'd be one or two people. If you had someone over, it'd be 10 people. So, you know, we really did not. Yeah, I wasn't didn't really see it watching coming. No, well, not at all. And that's really how it, I'm sure, how it was able to, to foster because there was uh, no accountability because I, like, I had trust to abuse, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And it, not, yeah. That, not that from the get-go it was, it was malicious intent to, like, undermine you, but that's, that's how I guess I was able to. Do you remember, um, did I always have my spiritual salvation anxiety as a kid? No, and you never talked about it. 
You what? Um, really? That's funny. Not 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 to me anyway. You you became a Christian um, at our church up, you know, at, at Covenant Presbyterian up in Easley, and when we had you baptized, and you were, I guess, I guess you were maybe eight or so. Um, we had a, a nice family dinner for for that, and and you were the. It was the sweetest thing because you 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 were you know a short little guy surrounded by adults. And you literally quieted the crowd. You said, I just want to thank everyone for being here today. This really means a lot to me. What? Um, you, said, Yo, yeah. you made your grandfather cry. I mean, he got all choked up and your grandmother was kind of punching him like, stop crying. See, that's <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Um, what a ham. The old, yeah. It was sincere. You it was, that's, what I, that's that old soul thing. Like, I've yeah. felt old forever. Or at least. Jake. Um. I don't know if old is the right word, but yeah. Um, well, no, since, I don't think well, I don't think old is the right word. I think you're just had you had a deep aware. You, you believe things very deeply and passionately. Yeah, there we go, there we go. Well, I mean, and, you were you were in it. You were in it. I mean, if you were, you know, looking for that particular action figure, you weren't happy until you that, found that's, it. That's that's the addiction. Come, I do remember a. Uh, yeah, my first, I'll call it, addiction or, or obsession was action figures. And you sat me down one day and you were like, Jed, how many is, when is enough going to be enough? <laughs> like, and I was like, I don't know. I just want one more. I just want one more. I just need and one Jay, more. Okay. Jay, we still have a toy box. I mean, this is a Oh, it's a gold box. mine. It is still full of action figures. But Jed would go into Walmart and he would stand in the aisle and just, he would just ponder them all, and he would, we would just leave them there. We'd go shop and come back, yeah. fill in the aisle, you know, considering which one he might want to get, and looking at all the features and all. It was weird. Uh, well, here's an insight for you, Dad. You know, one of the first. This is. It sounds so silly, but it was so profound. One of the first traumas I had was I went to play with my action figures one day, and it didn't work. It was like, like I guess uh, I had gone through puberty or, or whatever. Right. It, yeah. I remember the day, though, that I went and I tried to go into my fantasy world, and I couldn't. It wasn't yeah. fulfilling anymore, and I was like, what do I do now? Uh, and, uh, yeah, that it, it's funny how poignant that moment was. And so that's, that's really – I think that's what intrigued me about – because I've always been into fantasy and escapism, and so especially w with our first experimentation with drugs, with like hallucinogenics, like it was almost like a, it was a continuation of of it was another way to play and and live out a fantasy world. If that kind of makes sense, that was the appeal of it. I guess. Well, well, I'm. <laughs> it makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah, <laughs> that that's that was that was the appeal. You know, you have to understand your your mom and I could not have been more straight laced. Uh, oh, I know. And so we just assumed that our two children would be just like us, mini me's. Mm. And so we did not anticipate. You know, that's where Jordan, your sister, was giving us a little bit of concern because she was not going as we were expecting. But you were. I mean, you were tracking like we thought. Yeah. And, well, and, um, and that's yeah. that's a common thread that. Um, that they've done studies with like the just say no program and it's because it, like when kids finally like drugs and alcohol and everything are so demonized when they finally try them especially like smoking weed they're like oh this is it 
my parents have been lying to me. This stuff is great. And it, it creates this like dichotomy of us versus them, you versus the parents. And there's no, there's no way to bridge the gap. So that I will say, because y'all were straight laced, that was how I focused my rebellion. And what's interesting, I've never told y'all this, but, and I don't know where it came from, but, and, and I'm, you know, I'm big on spiritual attacks and all that kind of stuff, but my when i started dabbling in this stuff i just had this feel for some reason like i wanted to like punish y'all which is whoa yeah very very weird i don't know where that came from but because there was no there's no reason there's no rhyme or reason but it was i was it was like a i'll show you feeling i don't know yeah. You know what? I don't know if that's just teenage. For me, Maybe. so I came. My parents too were also super straight laced. I mean, dad went to grad school and like did all the things, did made all the right life decisions and, um, and all of that stuff. And for me, I felt the same way. And I, I always chalked it up to just teenage angst, right? And like I was, I think that I would have been angry or frustrated in in any household in any setting. Yeah, it was just something I was going through. I don't know. Um, and we were listening to a lot of like punk rock and stuff. So oh, don't, uh, don't bring that up. Cause that was, that there was maybe, no, there why would you bring that up? Music. No, music was not the reason <laughs> you were so convinced. You don't understand dad. <laughs> yeah. Listen to the carpenters. He just would have nothing to do with it. Well, what's funny, right. what's funny now is I love it. I guess that's just adulthood. I love all the soft classical music now the stuff, rock stuff that we soft, listen to yeah, yeah the, the smooth jazz yeah. I, listen to, I listen to npr now I'm, a, I'm officially old oh yeah yeah i mean we're doing a podcast now. you know like <laughs> it has come full circle um yeah. so what did it do to your faith it, it, it didn't um it didn't affect my faith like i was questioning or shook up i'm um, sure it changed it in some way though good well it, it, good or it's, bad. Just the classic, it's it, you know i didn't say why is this happening to me or why is this happening to us because i wasn't i don't know i wasn't going there it was more i was i was aggravated that it was happening to us but not from a spiritual sense like i'm being punished by it, if that makes sense i do remember <laughs> very clearly you know in the intensive outpatient program we first went sat there with, you know with the parents parents in a circle i was so mad that i was sitting in that circle it's like i am not supposed to be here um oh some and, de- denial going on oh yeah i looked at the other guys like well you're supposed to be here but not me because you know, <laughs> uh, because i'm a you know i fill in the blank i'm a successful blah 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 but um but then that was at the beginning I, and what i did not realize had i realized at the beginning how long the journey was and how difficult it was going to be for everybody i would have started praying a lot sooner a lot harder i thought it would be a fairly i was pretty confident it would be a fairly um in and out kind of experience right. like you, you would understand the issue and then you would get on the program and then that would be that and you'd resume a normal life more or less it became harder and harder every time the relapses occurred and then going back, you know, what would really just spin me out of, uh, into the kind of depression and then needing to pray and all that was when we would come get you, like we're, it was coming close to an end of a, a stint at a particular rehab. Oh yeah. My ex would have been all about, all right, so now I've, I'm, I'm good. 
now I can get on my feet and, you know, and be real positive. But you were constantly asking, when can I get my car? When can I get my car? When can I get the money? You know, it was, yeah, that would just push me over. I'd be like, I can't believe you're asking that question. That would then cycle me out. Um, and then I just wanted, I would completely distance from you and distance from the whole thing. Oh, I, oh man, I believe it. that's what it's so funny. Like looking back at it, it's just the the most massive mental cringe I can do when I think back at my old behavior. And it's like, how man, but mm. at the time, you know, I, I just do, 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 you know, natural. I don't know what, you know, I, I have no idea the harm I'm, I'm, I was causing. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And, and that especially in the, and Jay, I'm sure, can speak more on this, but now that I am married and of age to start thinking about kids, that's I'm just like, oh, I couldn't... How did you do it? How did you not, like... I, I can tell you, for me, the, like, when my first son was born, and obviously my children are both very small, I very rarely pray for anything, for God to move in any specific way. I'm, my prayers are... A lot of times centered around God, I want your will in this. I want some guidance or whatever the case. But um, I, I remember when my first son was born and begging God in the hospital, God, please don't let my son have what I have. Because I, I just couldn't imagine going through that as a parent. Yeah, I get it. Um, I can understand why you would feel that. Because at some point, at the lowest point, what what I had to do was really just imagine that Jed had died. Oh, did and you? Yeah, tell the. That did, didn't you have rough. the 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 funeral for me or whatever? Uh, no, we never had a funeral. Or for like you, a but, like a therapeutic funeral. I mean. Um, no, I don't. Um, and probably in my head, I, in my head, I often would do that. I would, I would, I would have your funeral, um, and I would plan what we would show, what videos we would show. <laughs> oh would wow! It wouldn't. I'm telling you, it would have been a tearjerker. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, like, you know, every, every, I imagine, it, well, at least mine, every addict has the dream of the Huckleberry Finn funeral where, like, I can just watch because I just want to, I want the pity. Oh, give me the pity. <laughs> yeah. I, I do remember I, I would, uh, early on, I would be annoyed because at work, like when my boss would come in and he would say, I just don't know how you're doing it, you know, and, and doing it, meaning how you're coping with what you're, what you're going through with your son. And that would just like, well, what do you expect me to do? Ball up in a corner and, you know, just, yeah. not, I mean, right. you know, what, you know, what are you going to do with that? You gotta, you gotta go on. You gotta. When we're kids, we tend to forget um, that our parents are people and it's only until now that I realize you are a man with your own desires and wants. And so in my head, it's like, what does he do that doesn't revolve around me? You, you know, but, <laughs> what do you do all day? Just decide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're out money to buy those action figures. Ex- exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that was some good stuff on that. We could probably, well, I'm sure we'll revisit this uh, in the future. Let's uh let's move to some theology, and I will say that you're definitely one of the teachers, my spiritual teachers, that I want to emulate, and uh, you walk your faith out, and I can tell some people are full of crap, and you know, y'all do not seem to be. Why are you a Christian, with all the other religions out there? Were you were you were you born into it? 
No. Well, yes and no. No, I, I was raised Catholic, and so really, yeah. Oh yeah, I was. I was. Um, the more, <laughs> the more you know. Okay. No, no. My, 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 on your grandmother's side, my mom was Catholic. My dad was nothing. He was not a churchgoer. So, your uncle Henry was an altar boy. Um, when he was little, he became ag, you know, an atheist out of the Catholic Church. Um, mm-hmm. But I was, I was always kind of the interested in spiritual things, and I, that's where you know, I think that's where God. There was always the kind of the leading me towards the you know that and so um where it started was i was very angry at my mom because she she got a job at a baptist church as the daycare coordinator and joined the baptist church left the catholic church which really ticked me off and so i was getting back at her as a 13 year old and they had just passed out new testament bibles in the neighborhood and um the good news for modern man. And I was like, I am going to read the Bible because that's what a good Catholic would do. And so I, I read the new Testament. It was the, you know, it was the English version, the modern English version. And all I remember reading about it was the wheat and the chaff. And, 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 you know, I couldn't decide am I the wheat or the chaff and how do you know? And and then I'd watch Billy Graham crusades on TV. And, and <laughs> oh, I, man. I'd be by myself in the room watching the crusades and I'd write off for the material and I would just send it in. Wow. But it was, it wasn't clicking, and then um, my sister, older sister, was just going nuts, and my parents were freaking out with her, and that was a tense family situation. And I just remember a Friday night, there was a revival at the Baptist church, and my mom said, do you want to go? And I was like, oh, sure. So I went down. to the. It was a Baptist revival Friday night, and it was that moment. And then there was like, a, it, for me, it was a bit before and after. I could not have been more profound, the difference um, it, and the it peace was a, I felt. A- like a white light experience? Uh, pretty much. It, it wasn't. A, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because the next day, I mean, I, <laughs> I was, I could not believe, um, you know, I went back the next, I didn't join the church of me. I went back to the Catholic church the next Sunday. And I do remember very clearly it, the Catholics have a, it's called CCD church uh, mm-hmm. and doctrine, CCD classes. And, and the guy was saying, so let's talk about the important times in your life. And, and how about when you die and when you're born? And I said, how about when you're reborn? And it got <laughs> silent. And I was like, well, okay, maybe the Catholic Church isn't for me right now. So no. I, and then, I mean, I was the biggest Christian nerd in high school. I wore buttons. I wore, carried my Bible around with me in school. Wow, I mean, man. and the spirit, because no one teased me, no one beat me up. It was just like, eh, whatever. Um, so let me see if I'm historically correct. Is that riding the wave of coming out of the Manson LSD 70s? Is that right? It was the, it was the Jesus movement. I mean, we yeah, would, we, yeah, which came directly yeah, we, after the right. Yes, yes. I mean, it was like one way to true peace through the power of the cross. You know, you do this little hand motion thing. Um, yeah. It, so so that was it. Was like anything goes and everyone's okay. So that's why you know it's like that was just flavor of the day to some people. But I mean, I was so impressed with Baptist churches because they had not only Sunday morning service, they had Sunday evening service, and then I found out they had Wednesday night service. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got a bunch of questions I want to ask, but which direction should I take it? Well, Jay uh, doesn't read the Bible. He's, you know, the flames of hell are, are licking at his backside as we speak. <laughs> so what would you say? Well, Jay, just how about you? You ask your yeah, question. Yeah, so I'll, I'll speak for myself. Thank you. I, uh, <laughs> it's not that I don't or I, I'm like totally against reading the Bible. That's definitely not the case. I think that the case is um, in my walk over the last few years, I have kind of de-emphasized scripture and really gone into um prayer and meditation 
um, you know, talking with God, engaging with God and, and um, trying to sit in his peace or his presence has been a, a huge part of my life. You know, that's kind of where I am. So I would love to hear your take on on scripture and, and what it means to you in terms of like, is, I mean, how important is it and all of that good stuff? Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, that's impressive, Jay, because um, that's where I, that's where I'm weakest is like on prayer itself. I, I'm, I'm not um, a, a, a good praying person. My wife is Jed's mother. She's, she's the, our prayer. Mm-hmm. Board. Um, yeah. So I, that's something I, I really, that convicts me just to hear you say that, which is like, that's really impressive. But now my turn to point the finger at you is the <laughs> scripture thing, because I think we need to be doing both, really. Um, sure. And here's 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 why. A couple of reasons I was thinking about this. Um, number one, you know, if we believe it's the word of God and I do, then then, you know, we need to know it. I mean, Jesus knew the 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 scriptures of the time, which was today's Old Testament. I mean, you know, you True, were raised. Right. Uh, you, you knew them, you know, so you, to know them, you have to study them and to study them, you have to read them. Um, and there's, and some of them are so dense and so, I don't want, you know, sometimes that's a convoluted thought that's being portrayed, especially in the Old Testament. It takes several times to read it. So for one, it's, it's kind of necessary if you, to know what it is that we believe and what we believe is so recorded in both the Old and New Testament. Number sure. two, um, you know, I would encourage you to, to think about this. I mean, you know, it is very cool to, to meditate on, on God's presence and what he's doing. And oftentimes... What I find is that as I'm reading a passage, something I've read many, many times, suddenly it's words literally leap off the page at me, either convict me or inspire me or just like, oh, that's sure. you know, and it, it's that kind of um, it, it's it's as, as many times as you read it. It's always it's always to me. God speaks through the written word of the Bible as well as through experimental like you're talking about. Sure. Um, and it is like, you know, it's it's both the inspired word of God and it's inspirational in, in that sense. Plus, then the other thing I think this is important for this day and age, we're all talking about, we're all kind of st- um, stunned by what happened with the presidential election. And a lot of people who aren't, who don't have any kind of grounding, they're whiplash mm. by, by fear about, oh my right. God, you know, what's going to happen? By reading, especially reading the Old Testament along with the New Testament, you get a sense this is, you know, over 5,000 years of history that's recorded there, or at least written down about it. And it's it's the same thing. You see the same pattern over and over again, and it's our failing as humans and why we need God, why we need the power of God to, to center ourselves. But it also it also says you know this there's a bigger picture here there's something transcendent than just today's politics and the United States of America I mean you know sure it's that so the Bible helps remind me of that and and someone had mentioned this because the, the Bible reading that I had came from our church we down in Florida and they insisted that we read four books four chapters a day three from the old and one from the new and I used to think that was really legalistic. I thought, well, why need four? Why not make it six? Why not two? What's so magical about four? But then I got into the habit of it, and now it's kind of a routine in the morning. Interesting. Interesting. So I read, you know, I read the newspaper. I read CNN.com and FoxNews.com, and then I read the Bible. Jeez. Um, huh. What, um, what, translation do, what translation do you use? I, I, I'm a fan of NIV, a new, new international okay. version. Um, Miriam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's a ESV person. But I think NIV is, is more elegantly written. Um, sure. And I have a good commentary because I think that's really important. Because I was um, just gonna, I was just gonna ask. I, I have trouble with, um, and so Jed and I talk all the time about you know Christians. I'll 
the the longer Christianity is around, the more we disagree on, and a lot of that is around scripture. Yeah. Right. So how do you wrestle with um, not contradicting text, but contradicting um, takes on that text? Well, and that's a good question. And I really don't I shouldn't say I don't look at other op, uh, other. Well, let me back up. We're, we're Calvinist Presbyterians. We're, you know, we're conservative Presbyterians. Mm-hmm. So the commentary that I have is called the New Reformation Bible. And it is just, right. most of the commentators, the people who wrote the commentary are are of a similar belief and so that sure it's from that perspective and that's you know i i don't then pick up the catholic version of the bible and read their version of or the you know other other competing versions um i just don't so it just i wonder if that's and that's i guess it's it's important to go through a time of what i'm doing because i'm just i'm i'm not re i'm not like reading like everything but i'm reading a bunch of different conflicting stuff just trying to figure out where i land um some of it's helpful but yeah i mean i just started um a book about uh genesis and like the whole three first chapters about how the word create is like mistranslated so it's just like what (laughs) like we're talking foundational <laughs> stuff, and I'm just like, oh my goodness. I know, but consider this. I mean, yeah, and and the and the challenge with Christianity, as opposed to some, I guess it's true in most, but it's more true in Christianity where we have such a swing from very liberal to very fundamentalist. People. Right. Yeah, where what's right? That that's exactly, I, exactly. so. You know, um, to me, like you know, a lot of the solid. And really, the conservative Bible colleges—they're—they're they're Bible scholars. I mean, they're deep into Greek and the Hebrew and to the contextual translation, mm-hmm. all that stuff. And that's good, solid stuff. Um, but you know, to your point, you could get like, for example, Daniel. There's the debate. The liberals would say the last part of Daniel, which is very accurate prophecy regarding Alexander the Great. That was—they would say clearly that was added on after the original book was written. But then the conservatives say, well, not, well, hold on. No, that's you know, not necessarily so, and I'll show you why. And in, in my commentary, they, they show both sides. They will say this part is, <clears throat> is, is, is a debate, but this is why we think it's still authentic. Yeah, so that, that's – yeah. That. Interesting. Before I, let me just – the last point I just wanted to make, there are, it's a discipline too. It's, it's, like, it's like running or exercising or eating well, well or whatever. But what – in our particular church, the disciplines we, we try to instill in people is – regular attendance at a church service at our church service for our church members reading the bible daily and and being part of a life group or we'll call them small groups you know that's mm-hmm. where the church becomes real and and those are you know we say making a disciple that's what we say that's that's acts of discipleship um and, and we see that it's necessary to kind of or very helpful to develop a, a rich christian life versus well kind of being on a lean diet when you really could be eating good fat stuff Agree. So my question is, um, so I totally understand uh, re- reading the Bible daily in, in small groups because we need community. Um, what what would be like the the main or a couple reasons why it's so important to to be regular tenders as as the corporate body? I have an, an embellishment on that. What I was going to say is because our generation we're we're finding ourselves in the midst of a bunch of people that just got seriously disenfranchised. By corporate worship, um, this guy, yeah, this guy being one of them. And you know, we all 
went to youth group and saw a lot of hypocrisy and and right so that's where they call them um they actually came out with a, a new form of ptsd called spiritual ptsd that's actually medically recognized now but really yeah yeah it's like a condition with marked symptoms but um so that's that's why I think a lot a lot of our peers detached and are going through this deconstruction and so now we're asking the questions like like Jay just asked like so why why do I need to go to church why do I need to go to a physical church in the internet age when I can uh, look up the best teachers in the world yeah. well let me let me back you have to understand this too um, we ourselves your mom and I had to go through, we went through a pretty dramatic re kind of thinking about church because um down our church in florida and then the one here in columbia it's the whole the whole thing about like a church building and the church programs like sunday school and all these committees and stuff you know we're it's 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 still part of the presbyterian denomination that we're part of but we don't do any of that and that shook us at the first time when we went down to our church in florida they didn't have sunday school they didn't have choir they didn't have hymnals and we were like this is just not right but then you kind of get with it, like, why do you have to yeah. have a church building and stuff? So, so that part of it, we've we've shifted our paradigm to say, you know, that that's not that's not the important thing. The important thing is the community in a larger sense um, of being in a room full of people who you don't know very well, but you all, it's it it, it they're all. When we say together, and you know, we're a, we're a creedal confessional church, so we say the Apostles' Creed in unison together. That's to me a very powerful thing. We are saying a creed that has been repeated for almost 2000 years by people across the generations. We didn't invent church and, and we're not, we're simply carrying on what was established. And, you know, and we go with the, the, the verses as forsake not the assembling yourselves together. So, you know, it's kind of, it's commanded that we should meet together. Now you would say, well, meeting together in life groups satisfies that. And, and in some sense it does, but, I'm a strong believer that uh, the independent, uh, you know, and people would probably criticize, some would criticize this, but I think when it's just a standalone church with church with no outside oversight, there's, it can be squirreling. Um, I think right. if you're part, of, you're part of a greater whole where there's outside accountability to the church and, leaders, I think that's healthy. And Jay, sure. his, uh, from his church is legit. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> what you got, Jay? Less, uh... No, I, th I think that those are all legitimate concerns. So I, I go to a small house church with no real, I mean, we don't have any real outside oversight, but I can, I can see how that, that could get weird and squirrely and, and people's egos can get into play and all of that stuff. Thank God we, I don't think that we've had anything like that happen yet. Right. Um, you did tell but me. But I can see you... how that, that can be concerning. You did tell me y'all sacrificed a cat to ball last week, so. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's not normal. Well, um, all, we ever, all we ever do is chickens. Okay, I wanna, <laughs> I, I wanna shift this because I wanna ask this question. So, how does, and you can tell me if this is if this is uh, uncomfortable, but um, I think I've asked you before, but let's just rehash it. Um, so you were in the Air Force. Yes. Uh, do you want us to? Do you want to tell in summary your your job in the air force yeah for six years i was an electronic warfare officer in the b-52 thermonuclear bomber pulling nuclear alert safeguarding the world against the soviet hordes and then for the next 18 years i was a reservist in air force intelligence so how does 
a Christian reconcile dropping a, a nuclear weapon? How do how do you? <laughs> you know, and it's funny you ask that. It was it was asked to me, but never in the terms of context of being a Christian, because the way it was set up in a B fifty two, I was one of three people that would have to pull a handle to release the weapon if we ever went what? to war. What? So your hand would have literally. Oh yeah. Wow. So here's here's how I justified it, and it was pretty easy justification because I was convinced, and I'm and I know it to be the fact we would never have started the war had we launched to go to war. It was because we were under attack, and that I on the way over to wherever we were going, I knew that whatever I loved was gone behind me, and so why not? So I can get down with that, but to the same token, me and Jay had a discussion about because you've never owned a firearm in your life, correct? And why is that? Just never felt the need, or don't want to murder. Just never felt the need, and I, I don't know. As, you know, some people really like guns, and are, are you know, I don't, not, I don't say fascinated, but guns are an important thing, and they, they, it's a hobby, and it's fun, and marksmanship, and all that. I just never was that interested in them, and never felt the need from a, never felt threatened enough that I, you know, to protect the house and home kind of thing. So where I'm still, where do you land on um, should a Christian kill, like on, under any circumstances? Like the the Old Testament slaughters seem to be denounced by God revealing Himself with Jesus. I I would say. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I, I don't know. I don't mean to. I don't. I don't mean to make this. I don't mean to diminish it or to. to to, it's not an issue for me because I think, you know, in wartime, war is a legitimate human expression as we resolve conflict. I mean, that just, it's always been, hopefully, you know, the goal is, you know, to beat our swords into plowshares. And, and that's the ultimate goal for God for us, that there will be no more wars, but there are wars now because we are a sinful fallen race. Mm. Um, and that's part of, you know, if, if, if our nation is under attack, then I think we, or under threat or whatever it is, I think we have a responsibility to, to take up arms and to, and to protect. And that might mean, I mean, your your grandfather, my father, was in World War II and did kill people and was in, himself almost killed. He was severely wounded, you know, and then by the Germans. But then he ended up marrying a German. So, you yeah, know, go figure. Yeah. Um, so okay. He, um, <clears throat> oh, good. I, I that's that's a good answer. Um, we, we're going to have to wrap this up. But that went really well. Um We'll definitely uh, get you back on the program and, and, and pick your brain some more. Well, okay then. And uh, <laughs> Thanks so much. I, I'm going <laughs> to read the Bible in a year now. Okay. <laughs> it's good to talk to you. We'll see you Same soon. Here. All right. Bye. Bye. I mean, that went well. What do you think? No, yeah. Dude, I love your dad. I your know. I love both your parents. <clears throat> I, I do find myself consistently shocked at like how how cool he is and his knowledge. And yeah, I didn't know he actually like would have dropped the bomb. That's intense. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. All I remember like I was just always scared. Oh. I was always scared of all of our dads. I forgot to ask him what he thinks of you. We'll ask him next time. Yeah. I know you, no, your your dad was scary, dude. My dad's still scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cool. 
you were gonna tell me a story about somebody sharing their sharing their story in a meeting the other day. Yeah. This sh- this. Well, my dad's gone, so this shit. <laughs> um, really <laughs> I bothers I me. Swore, I don't think I swore at all. I didn't. He he wouldn't have minded, but you know, it's it's I, old I habits die hard. It's respect, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. This guy picked up his X amount of year chip the other night, and A, this dude came to uh, a treatment center I was in two years ago and shared his story and told a room full of newly sober people that, well, now I, uh, I got prescribed Valium and I could just take it as directed. And we were all like, what? No, you can't. <laughs> like, and he was like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Just take it as directed. And we're like, no. Uh, and we got him geez, kicked out of the rehab and, and banned. Oh, so dangerous. And so, yeah, uh, no, that's incredibly dangerous. So here's my here's my take on that. Like, if you're going to do if, – if you and your sponsor and whoever else are cool with that. Keep it like to yourself. Them as direct, that's what I'm saying. You don't tell new people. No, like, dude. Sober, go to your psychiatrist and get some Xanax, and it's gonna be great. Tripping. So, um, that's the backstory on this guy. Um, and he was telling his story, and this I noticed this is just something that bothers me so much when people, what would you call it? Like a sideways way of getting praise for doing good deeds. Like he brought up, I'm sure without permission. Well, I don't know that. I'm making assumptions, but he brought up. <laughs> um, like oh this this person's family or husband died and i was able to go over there and take care of the kids and cook for her and i did all this and i did all this and but you know but it wasn't it wasn't me it was it was my higher power you know it wasn't like then why the, why'd you bring it up then man like why are you even talking about it if if you're so uh, humble i am i am of the like I feel like if I ever tell anybody about good deeds that I've done, that they don't oh. count anymore. Yeah, and, and like for real, I'm like, well, I, hold I, guard them, I guard them wholeheartedly because I'm like, uh, if I tell anybody, it's like it doesn't count. Exactly, so. and and I'm sorry, I should have prefaced to the people that don't know what we're talking about when um, sober people get uh anniversaries of sobriety, we we tell our stories typically at uh meetings. Mostly because they're super self-absorbed. Exactly, it is. It, it's it's one of the few places like where the, the the layman can just like get up in front of a hundred people and like you know have oh, ha- you have, have the stage. You have thirty days clean. I would love to hear what you have to say. Oh, I would absolutely love it. Please. Oh, this one dude started singing one time. That was classic. No. Yes, dude. Was and we all. Yes. Yes. Oh, that's dude. Awesome. He was, and and he was he was like, I'm getting out of treatment tomorrow, and I just want to leave you with this, my God, my Lord, and started clapping and like, and I looked around at my friend and I was like, y'all let this happen. I swear, if any of y'all ruin this for me, I was like, you need to I let. To God, if you take this from me, for real, you I, I, oh, take this from me. It was great. That, that was one. Of, that, it was great. <laughs> that's so rad yeah so i was actually speaking so funny like a couple months ago i was in this this meeting and i was having like an exceptionally shitty day and i like had my full-on had my judgy pants on you know 
<laughs> what what do your judgy pants look like? Hopefully, hammer. They pants. are. <laughs> I'm envisioning envisioning like Chevy old Chevy Chase red plaid like seersucker usually. Um, but uh, so this lady, so I go to meetings like in the suburbs, right? Like I live in the in the full on burbs, and, right? Um, and so that demographic usually, and like in my home group, there's, I mean, we have a varied, varied, but I would say mostly middle-aged, decently affluent people go to my home group, right? So that's kind of like the, the peeps. And this, this fucking lady picked up a one-year token, and she, so she started sharing, and um, she was talking about, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I started drinking more wine and this and that. And it was like, after I was retired, I started drinking wine and yada, yada, yada. And I knew that I had a problem when I would drink so much wine that I wouldn't remember the end of my show. Uh, 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 <laughs> and I was like, this bitch, this bitch, bitch right here. You in here uh, for drinking some wine? Boo <laughs> this woman. Like, get the get out of here. I used to suck dick for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. So, anyway, I, uh, you know, it took, like, every fiber of my being. Did anybody, did anybody snicker? Did anybody laugh at that? I leaned over to my buddy, and I was all, I don't think she has what I have. Right. Right. <laughs> we, and that, we, got, we got a heavy drinker over here. We got a heavy <laughs> drinker. Every drinker on aisle three. <laughs> That's like uh, when it, the first rehab I went to, uh, when I was all young, the older dude was when I walked up that goes, boy, what you in here for? You stole your mama's sherry? <laughs> I was like, shut up, man. I used to always get, I've spilled more than you ever drank, kid. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah, I hate man, that. Fuck yeah. I was a hope to die fucking drug addict. <laughs> right. You, you want to compare hospital bills? Cause I will, <laughs> I will overdose you under the table, old man. Like. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, and that's a really shitty attitude to have, but that's what oh, that. So was, it, but, it is. But I had that attitude the other day. That actually happened to me in my life. So yeah. Anyway, um, man, let's end with. Facebook statuses that annoy you. All right. I'm, I'm going to try. You're just going to read one of mine? <laughs> that would have been really funny. That would have been really funny. I mean, this one's pretty good. In caps. Get real! Exclamation mark. You can't have true happiness without being true to yourself and the ones around you. Heart. So inspiring. <laughs> so inspiring. Who's, who specifically are they talking to? You think everyone? Because that's at you, somebody. you that's and at me, like Jay. One, that's at a one somebody for sure. You and me. There, do you follow people specifically to just like judge their statuses? There's one person that I do. I'm, that's pretty wrong. But no, I don't think. I don't think one I, I would get. I would get so annoyed. Oh. I've n there's one that it's it's just she finds new and creative ways to just say look at me I mean over and over and over like mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't but you know shame on me for <sighs> being a complete asshole <laughs> I guess man, I don't know <laughs> am I am I really um 
Well, this isn't working out. Everyone's no. actually being pretty calm right now. I I have decided. So I have decided instead of being like angry political ranter on, yeah. and I'm just gonna make jokes now. Like, yeah, thank you. Like obscene, ridiculous. Somebody said the other day, so like my buddy is is really progressive or whatever, and posted something, and somebody's dad hopped on there and was all, "Have some respect for our president," and um, and so like this ensuing argument happens, and uh, and somebody's like, "He can earn my respect," and I said, "That's right, Mr. Cheeto Face Von Clownstick can earn my respect as well." <laughs> Mr. Cheeto Face Von Clownstick, did you think of that or did you steal that? I still I conglomerated it. Okay, all right. It. I'll but, take that. Um, but I was like, but I will tell you this: I will retain my constitutional right to make funny names for our tweeter in chief. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> all right, man. Anyway. Well, and there we go. All right. See y'all next time. Peace, peace.